Okay, I think it's fine. It's, I feel like it's recording. Yeah. Right, so, sorry about this, Aunt Anthony. You think after a hundred episodes we <laughs> understand what's what's going on, but we don't. I like honestly for our podcast, it's always different. Based like just because of um, every other person coming in, um, it's always like a different system or it. Uh, constrictions that we're facing, you know, sometimes the Wi-Fi goes out. Podcasting is hard. Podcasting it is so is hard. hard. It is so hard. It's, you know, here's the thing. It's easy the first five times, and then the next, like, 95 times, it's a little bit of a chore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I, I don't, I mean, I'll, I, actually, I'll be curious to get um, both of, like, your guys' take on this. I don't get scared when there's, when, like, there's a new podcast being being announced in our like sphere of influence yeah i'm like yeah we'll just like we'll see what happens it's more (laughs) like if they're around after like two to three months i'm like son of a bitch please don't pull this was the way please don't pull our our, this was the way i need this (laughs) yeah man i mean i never get well i don't know i definitely don't feel at least for our end it's such a niche thing that i've never really felt any sense of like well they're, they're doing the same kind of thing. But I, I definitely feel like um, on my end, whenever a new podcast is going up, like, oh, you guys just don't know. Like, you guys don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, I have, like, found myself go, I've been listening to podcasts since 2008. I'm invested in this. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, wow, all right. That is, impressive. I spent, that is impressive. I spent $1,500 in our first month. <laughs> like, what wow. am I doing? <laughs> did. Shh, don't tell your wife. She found out. She Seriously. found out it was terrible. How, what, wow, I I've not invested that much in our setup, so maybe that's my issue. Well, I bought. I bought. Um, <laughs> the first thing I did was, I went and I bought a nice Rode Podcaster microphone, USB microphone, with the you know sound dampening everything and all this stuff. And then and a boom arm and everything. And then I just kept buying stuff. And then I was like, you know, I want an XLR microphone. So then I spent uh, 250 And that was like maybe two months after we started. But if you buy one of those, you have to get a preamp USB breakout box. And that's like $200. And then, you know, and it's like all of a sudden I'm like, well, okay, I have racked up a bill. So, uh yeah, not not too smart. And then I got logic instead of editing the garage band. And... I mean, you know, this is an amateur yeah. hour. It's not the cruncher or anything. You gotta you gotta take this seriously. Now step it up. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So how often okay, so um for everyone who does not know, uh we're speaking with Anthony. I'm gonna butcher your last name. Ambrosio. D'Ambrosio. D'Ambrosio. Oh, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Uh, also, uh, there was an FCC game, which is the Cincinnati soccer team that I, I was watching at a bar tonight. So I've been drinking. So I apologize for anything that I mispronounced. Uh, I can always claim my I can always like use my speech impediment card with that. But now there's no reason for that. Um, <laughs> so there's like zero. I have like I'm like, no, it's that's the alcohol. Um, so you and your brother started Catholic creatives, right? That is that is correct. Thank you, Luke. Oh, sure. Like and in like so in like one minute, what is Catholic Creatives? Catholic Creatives is well, I just got back from the Napa Institute, so I've been like sort of pitching myself for uh, over and over again. So hopefully this will come out really polished, man. But uh, nice. here it goes. Here's my Napa Institute uh, pitch. Uh, Catholic Creatives is an ecosystem of entrepreneurs, artists, designers, filmmakers from all across the world who are Catholic and care about creating a new renaissance of beauty uh in the church how is that what do you think i love it <laughs> i love it it like um we can swear on here so like who cares like you guys fucking blew up like i was it was pretty cool to see that because like, i was involved i mean not involved, but i was like absolutely i heard about it from like the beginning when it was like a thing and then i was like holy shit yeah i uh i was really not not intending for that you know it's kind of funny. Uh, a lot of, I think a lot of times people are like, you know, we need to start like Facebook group for marketing. We need to make a community. I was literally just like, I really need other people that I can talk to about analytics and uh, give me feedback on some of the stuff we're making. So I'm just going to make a group and call it Catholic Creatives. 
and then it just like escalated really quick. <laughs> Isn't that like so, so? I mean, I've experienced, and this is gonna sound like a humble brag, so I apologize for all of the doucheness about to come <laughs> out of, out like of my mouth again. But there's like. It's really cool when, like, you have an idea and, like, you and your buddies have an idea and you do it and it, like, takes off. Yeah. Like, even I, on, like, a small scale, like, with us, like, we're doing it, which is not, like, we're not, like, I'm raking in the dough. But it's, like, holy crap, people think this is good. Yeah. And I, I actually would really love to hear on your guys' end what that was for you, like, when you were starting. Did you imagine, like, oh, Catching Foxes, this is going to be a cool thing where we just talk about, like, uh, all the things you're not usually supposed to talk about and be Catholic at the mm -hmm. same time. Like, was that it? Or uh, how did this turn into what it is now? Oh, man, look at you with the interview skills. Look at Earning that. It Thank right God. <laughs> turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> no, for me and Luke, it was, it was uh, you know, I honestly thought we would get maybe like five or 600 regular listeners, which yeah. would be incredible. And now that we're at about 6,000 regular listeners every week, I should say, Easily. Um, yeah. we have. It's unreal, man. It is. It yeah, is it's insane. It's ridiculous. The the episode with Arlene Spensley where we entitled our $30,000 breakup took us to a totally new level. It's like episode like 86 well, it, or something. It's totally. funny. It actually happened with the one with Nathaniel. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's That true. one that's like was like not like eight to nine Eight to nine thousand downloads within the first like week, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> I mean, like, and I mean, he's a great guy. It was a phenomenal. I mean, for us, it was just a great conversation because he's such a really good dude. And yeah, I just, right, and I right. just, I'd love to talk to him. So it was just like for us I mean, that that's. I mean, um, I I was. I mean, to be blunt, I thought we'd get about a thousand or so because I, in my mind, I like I knew that we had a very good rapport. And that the podcast would be us trying to invite people into our relationship we have with each other. Mm. And as long as we were just honest and not trying to put on like a, hey, everyone, it's Catching Foxes. I'm Luke. I'm Gomer. You know, um, <laughs> that it would be appealing. But it it was not. I mean, th there's a lot of um, other things that I heard that I went, oh, that's like we I mean, I really think. If you were to analyze us, there's a bit of WTF in this, that podcast. There's a bit of like the Nerdist podcast. There's a bit of the, honestly, the biggest influence. We've talked about this before is the Back to Work podcast. For us, that's huge. There's a little bit of like This Week in Tech. There's all these little podcasts that we really enjoy that we've heard, you know, hundreds of hours from over the past like 10 years almost that we go, oh, that's a good way to do this. And so it, I, I think like a little bit, the, I think the deck was probably a bit more stacked in our favor that I had originally anticipated. Like I can see it now. If yeah. that makes sense. Because I'm so famous, I carry the team. <laughs> and, uh, and then Luke comes in with his anti-authoritarianism and being edgy. <laughs> Thank God for the edge. <laughs> no yeah, kidding. Seriously. No kidding. You guys want to hear something funny? Yes. So I'm I'm here like at just a friend's house having like community night, and I'm like, all right, guys, I got to step out, doing this podcast thing. I'll be back. They're like, oh, that's cool. What like what podcast are you guys jumping in on? And mind you, this is like all non-denom and evangelical people. And mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, it's the. I mean, you won't know. It's like catching foxes. And this one girl was like, oh, dude, that's awesome. That's so legit. It's like what? So like, yeah, my Catholic friend turned me on to it. I've been listening. Holy shit! Uh, You're my new favorite girl, whoever you are. So uh, yeah, it was kind of a cool moment. I was like, oh whoa, actually, maybe I am kind of important to be uh, to be here. Right now. Oh, you're important. Well, you're you know, important. I mean. Keep in mind, I asked you to be on the podcast while I was drinking, which has happened numerous times. And I have like known that. We can say the majority of times. So. <laughs> like, I mean, every time I've talked to you, Luke, you've been drinking. So I don't know if it was. Luke. Oh, man. I totally became your mom just then, and I went, Luke. I'm sorry. You became that. the Mag You became like Maggie Smith, which is a deep inside joke for the podcast right there. Um, no, I mean, I think when I got. Hey, and church, she's still single. Exactly. Um, when I got the courage to email the drummer from Under Oath, I think I was drinking. I was like, hey, you're in a multi-million like, multi dollar band. Come on this podcast with 3,000 people who listen. And do he you, did. Do you know Aerosmith? Anywho. Yeah, I love <laughs> I love catching, uh, catching Foxes. I literally just said that. I love Catholic <laughs> creatives. Do. 
I, I love the web page or the Facebook group. Yeah. The, let's talk a little bit about this Facebook group. This Facebook group is awesome, numero uno. And, yeah. uh, and I mean, I, I am bummed I didn't get to go to the meetup in, in uh, – it was in Dallas, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm so bummed. I looked at all the photos. I think I, we should probably go to the next one. You guys should definitely come. Well, I, the yeah, only reason why – I, I literally it. the only reason why I didn't come is because – why I didn't attend is because I had uh, a speaking engagement. Uh, yeah, it's the only reason. I would have been there, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you would get some really interesting people to interview there. Uh, if if I was, it was really funny. I was like, man, this is this is awesome to be able to put this on. I'm like the only person that doesn't get to capitalize on like anything that happens at this <laughs> summit. <laughs> you know, like all I'm doing is running around with my like, chicken with a head cut off but oh, yeah. yeah man putting on events is crazy but uh no the facebook group is amazing honestly uh i i mean just a little bit about me i guess like i i was doing uh i was doing music running run around with the, the band thing wanting to be on warp tour under oath was one of, one of my like nice. heroes of my life uh nice. and then had that like conversion left the band they went to Warp Tour and I went to seminary, uh, and I, I don't know whether that was the better or the worst end of that deal. But <laughs> it's practically the same thing. It's practically the same thing. <laughs> okay, you can either go to Warp Tour and have millions of people screaming your name, or you can be a celibate person in a seminary. What do you think? And I have it not uh, worked out in the end. Your choice. <laughs> Wait, which which um which band were you in? Uh, it was called Red Car Wire. They were they eventually were touring with uh, Forever the Sickest Kids. I don't know if you guys oh, heard nice. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have so no idea all, what you're talking about. So all the people in that like scene, you know, punk, pop punk, days of the 2000s. Nice. That was my world. Yeah. But uh, Blink, anyway, is that like Blink 182? No. Oh, dude, yeah. We, I mean, after, that was, well, yeah. Come on, pop like after the pop, fact. Pop punk puff no, guys but, like, with it's neck more, tattoos. Okay, so, <laughs> let me put it this way. I um was on. I was at. LAX, and I was on a tram with scary kids scaring kids. Yeah. And the only reason why I knew it was them was they had all of their e, they had all of their equipment with them, and I was like dressed as like a normal dude. And I, I like I pay I'm not like real into that world, but I was like paying attention pretty much. If that makes sense. And I just like stopped them and went, your REM cover kicks ass. And they, their <laughs> eyes like lit up. They were like, oh my gosh. Because I'm just like a normal dude dressed in like <laughs> jeans and like a polo. And they were like, thank you. <laughs> like, You're welcome. It's really good. And they're like, wow, man, you you seem so plain. And you're like, don't worry. <laughs> Underneath this polo is an edgy man. <laughs> Luke, Luke, I'm going to keep calling you edgy for at least another five podcasts. Listen, I was like, listen, as like like emo as I got was old dashboard slash for the seams slash, slash for the seams like forever. But I like, you know, I, there's a few songs that I know here and there. Sorry. Anyways, <laughs> go on. Yeah. So. Point being, just that I was an artist, and as I got into seminary, really felt like I didn't have a really good place of understanding and rapport with the institutional church at that point. And uh, when I left and started doing ministry, I think a lot of the things that made me good at doing the band thing were really helping me to be successful in ministry. But there was always just this sense in which I was the rebel, the outcast, the one that just didn't quite play by all the rules that were expected. And in the Facebook group, I just feel like all of those other people who've had that experience are there every day and I'm getting to like hang out with them, you know, uh, just that experience of, oh my gosh, me too. Like that is, I know exactly what you mean that's happening there. So, but isn't it yeah. funny though, with that Facebook group, how you have become in a way, because it's a thing that you're nurturing, you're kind of like the authority figure of that group. So you're like the authority of the rebels. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember there was one thing where uh, I think it was you that posted a like a drab interior modernist church, and you were like, "If you have ten thousand dollars, how would you fix this?" And all these people are chiming in, and and I chimed in even though I shouldn't have. And uh, one guy's like, "Listen, man, here's the problem with exercises like this." And I was like, "Oh, he's sticking it to the man." <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I mean, that was the whole, like, none of us were architects, and we were all just being like, oh, this is how it should go. Like, we should change this. And this architect weighs in and is like, what are you guys talking about? You don't know anything. Uh, and I, I got to eat some humble pie. But That's awesome. No, dude, no, dude, listen. Flying buttresses. All I'm saying, flying buttresses. <laughs> Someone's like, asshole, that's $100,000 right there for one of them. Yeah, exactly. No, but, like, I like it because it's just it's really nice to have a place where people like the fact that beauty's the priority, mm-hmm. you know, and like you get I mean with like any artist that you are dealing with, I, I don't know if we're artists. Like I, I feel like as podcasters, we like barely qualify to be involved. But we're still creative, people. Luke. We're still creative. <laughs> I guess there's a distinction, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like there are people who like creative and i'm like oh my gosh uh you should be talking more than me um you you did this after years and years of skill we kind of wake up and drink and record a podcast (laughs) yeah i played super mario brothers on my wii and just played podcasts for hours in the background that's what helped me understand my medium so whatever (laughs) six of one half dozen of the other yeah i had a point but it's gone now i'm sorry um it's so it's it's you and your brother who are in who like started the whole thing, right? Yeah, uh, with all, also with Edmund Mitchell, who is Ugh. sort of like undercover, but Ugh. I don't know that he I hate did that. that guy. <laughs> oh, I love. Oh, that's really cool. I owe him so much stuff for his advertising stuff that I never got over to him yet. Sorry, buddy, it's coming. <laughs> yeah, Luke. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, uh, <laughs> I mean, we were just uh, whenever they they moved down to Dallas, uh, him and his coworker Nick Gutierrez. We started meeting up on Monday mornings for coffee because we all live in the same area. And we were just like, I think I can't remember what conference this was after. And it's probably better that I can't remember the name. But we were all just really frustrated. And we're like, man, what like what possibly could there be out there that would just be better than uh, all of us sitting around listening to like another Matt Marr, Audrey Assad and then Chris Stefanik like lineup and Mm-hmm. All of those people are awesome. I love it. But, like, I just wanted – I just didn't feel like sitting down and listening was exactly the same thing as what I needed now as a young adult. And so we had dreamed up the summit, actually, and we're like, hey, we need to come up with something that would be a, an easy entry point to that. Uh, so we did this meetup where we asked everybody that we knew that was creative to bring in a really ugly church bulletin to uh edmund's house and the six pack and we were like we're gonna just google design sprint this like why do all of these suck everywhere Uh, baby boomers yeah oh man wow way to stoke the flame there man i have no problem doing that (laughs) yeah so anyway i i really um i feel like i have a lot of uh just respect for the people out there who are doing it like on a big level that are creative and just uh, making ways for uh, the Catholic Church out in the world, but I just feel like there's ne- there needs to be more, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. needs totally. to be more. So that's why we did Catholic Creatives and made that meetup happen. Well, so. and, and and what I really like about what you guys are doing is, it's like it really is, and and, and at times I'll admit it can be a little bit frustrating from from like ministry end. I mean, it's just the idea of like when a person poses a question where it's like what if you had like 10 grand to change like this thing and you're like well i'm involved in that and i can tell you why there's not 10 grand to change that and like what we like you know kind of (laughs) like like more like more like reality if you you know just like well here's why it's but then but i like but then again like when it's posed in other arenas that i'm not involved with i love the conversations Mm -hmm. because i think it's it's really nice to have a thing where people are like really honest and it's yeah. just like, yeah, that kind of sucks. <laughs> it's like, that's as opposed to, because I think for so long, we're, you know, I mean, think about it. I've, I mean, I am 34 years old. I first heard of like Matt Marr when I was 19 as the Catholic praise and worship artist that I should care about. Mm-hmm. And it really, and there's been like one other person now, perhaps two, kind of like Ben Walter, who are like yeah. doing stuff. And Gomer says my positives are killing him. Plosives. You are, pl- you are oh, popping that well, microphone. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, and it's just it's nice to have a thing where 
you can say, hey, like, why are we behind the times with this? Because I, I feel like we're kind of in a place right now where a lot of the praise and worship bands that I tend to see sometimes, you know, they're trying to be like Mumford and Sons, where everyone has basically moved on to more electronic, and I don't think this is a good thing, but electronica-based stuff. You know, and we're just, we're just, we're still two to three years behind where we should be. As opposed, and I think what I like about your group is it's more about being a trendsetter. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, I don't even know exactly how to respond to that. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm honored that you would kind of think of us that way. I, I see you guys as that, you know, and. I agree. Go on. That, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that like what you are doing is exactly what we're trying to push everybody to, which is kind of creating honest conversation where there isn't a taboo. You know, like the fact that you guys had this convocation conversation that was like actually honest and delving into some of that controversy that the rest of the church is not willing to actually talk about, man, yeah, that is going to create some angry people, but uh, it takes some courage, right? It sure did for Luke. It sure did. It sure did (laughs) for Luke. (laughs) Well, meanwhile, my my Game of Thrones comments, uh, my interview on uh, Integrity of Sword, people listen to that Integrity of Sword episode over 8,000 times in the last 48 hours, or 8,000 downloads. And I am getting the shit kicked out of me on every social media platform. Really? Oh, it is. I'm literally depressed right now because of. Oh no! Is that why? Matt Fred sent me a text message. He goes, "I think you hate me now." And I was like, "I don't hate you. I just need to go for a walk." <laughs> like <laughs> I came home and I like screamed at my kids, and my wife oh, was like, buddy. "I know it's not good. This is me being honest. I, I am like a wreck right now." But I was worried about you when I got your text earlier. Oh yeah. So it Did, is. You guys. Ex- do you experience that a lot, though? I mean, I'm uh, sure that you didn't kind of intend to get thrust in such a public sphere. Does that mess with you? I think mess the I, yeah, I think the hardest thing is reconciling the fact that real humans listen to this. And it sounds silly, but when you're recording over a digital, I mean, we don't even have the video up, so we record this up. It feel there is an element of abstraction to it, and it's like I'm, I'm mm-hmm. talking with my you know one of my best friends ever. And this is a conversation, and even when I'm editing it and posting it, it surprises me when people in the real world know. And I joke, right? I joke that uh, there's plenty of times I say on the show where a parishioner will be like, hey, I listen to your show. And I go, oh, no, right? I've said that a bunch <laughs> of times. But uh, there are times when it, it does have real-world repercussions that aren't always great. Um, and mm-hmm. it does uh, – I think what we're doing is good. I hope what we're doing is important. What you said makes me feel a lot better about about but myself. Like, but yeah. we don't want to. I think we. Sorry, I'm trying to not do the whole pee thing. Um, we also do, like we really for as much as we like push the envelope. We're uber sensitive, and we're also like very <laughs> aware of scandal. So yeah. I think whenever we offend anyone, or if, I mean, if it's like a clear, like you know, if it's like you guys said, "Damn," and I'm like, "Okay." I don't care about that, but it's, you know, like there were some people who I kind of called out or they called out, but I like, you know, who were like, who were like on the panel and that I had some big issues with and, and, you know, the majority of them got in contact with me and they were not happy Wow. at all. And I haven't responded yet because I'm really bad at responding to stuff because I want to say the right thing. And so I'll try to cultivate it in my mind. Then I'll just stop like, no, because I, I just want it to be perfect. You know, I don't want to like have some like fake thing. I want it to be like the right thing to express what I feel while acknowledging their frus- their frustration. I think that was the first time. So really we lasted about probably like 98 episodes where <laughs> the criticism actually got to me a little bit because I could because I could see that I genuinely hurt another person. Mm. Yeah. And for as much as I might not agree with them, I don't want to do that. And, and I think I think that Gomer hit on a good point where it does tend to become very easy to just feel like it's just us talking at a bar or us yeah. talking like we shared a bedroom for two years. 
<laughs> when you put uh, it like that, I feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, like you know, like we would like we shared a room and like we would talk until we would fall asleep. And so it's easy what? to forget sometimes. You are, so. you are killing me with these descriptors, bro. <laughs> okay, he would just no I would, he would just put his head in my lap and I would play with his hair until he gently fell asleep. <laughs> this is a true story. We would play a song by the band Chevelle to fall asleep to, a quiet acoustic song, and we'd turn off the lights and listen to it. Is that weird? I don't think so. It was 2004. Um, <laughs> Men were experimenting. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, I, I do oh, think, like, yeah. you know, because I, I, I remember with the game, with um, when I saw that, I heard that Gomer was going to be on that podcast. We really haven't really talked about this yet, but I was a little bit like, wow, we have a very contrary opinion to the majority of people that I think that who listen to the stuff that we yeah to like our podcast. I wonder how this Which is going to go. What? I didn't I didn't listen to this one. I'm sorry, guys. Go ahead. Are, go are, uh, are you talking about the one I did with Matt Frad? Yeah. yeah. So um, at the end of last week's episode or the not uh, 99, not Brandon Vaught's episode, um, I we had mentioned a, a little bit about Game of Thrones and how I liked it. And we did a little like ranting up. Uh, of it about people who are just say, oh, it's porn. Because I had read an article earlier that day, which yeah, literally, what's that? Yeah, that's been going around. I've, I've right, right. It's huge. It's huge. Mm-hmm. So there was like maybe five or six articles that were bouncing around. Uh, one in defense of it on Pathios, one uh, against it on, it was on uh, Covenant Eyes. And I can understand why someone writing for Covenant Eyes would just go after it i like i can understand that you know yeah Yeah. but he literally said the only difference between game of thrones and porn is not plot it's just the amount of plot game of thrones gives you a little bit more plot than a regular porno does but there's otherwise no difference and i'm like okay i understand that there's hardcore pornographic scenes in game of thrones but if you can't understand the difference between an actual porno movie and something that has sexual content in it then i mean like the and the to me the whole problem was there was a very big moralism yeah that that drowned out the art behind it right and it was you know it's like that victorian era of every painting has to be a moral tale and, uh, you know, art could not be free to, to say what art was meant to say. And so I, I balked at that. And so I go on, Matt Frat, I'm on vacation. Matt Frat calls me up and says, hey, we've been kicking this idea around. Let's do it. Turns out we didn't strike while the iron was hot. We struck while the iron was on fire. And, uh, <laughs> and so I just talked. We literally talked for almost an hour about, and I did not defend <laughs> Game of Thrones. <laughs> what I all I said was I drew a line and I said I'm an adult and I know how to skip or fast forward an inappropriate scene or to turn my head away. And that's yeah. what I do. I do that when I'm watching a rated R movie. I do that when I'm watching a PG-13 movie and there's something inappropriate. You know why I do that? Because I am a former addict to pornography and I know that when that stuff comes on the screen, I don't need a trigger. I just look away. So people are like, how dare you do that with Game of Thrones? You're basically watching Playboy. And I'm like, Okay, all right. And so I have people writing on my Facebook wall who said things like, it's terribly written, it's a piece of crap show, and there's inappropriate sexual stuff. And I'm like, it's not terribly written. In fact, it's widely regarded to be the best adaptation of a... I shouldn't say it's widely. It's critically regarded to be the best adaptation of a book to a television show where the television show improved on the original. A lot of people say that. Now, obviously... Yeah, obviously that's... You know, you can argue it, but... Uh, I love the books and I love the show. I think the show does a phenomenal job. And it was it was that problem where people take it that one step. Oh, the writing is terrible. Well, you you haven't read it. Why do you say that? It's like when people came out against the Da Vinci Code. The Da Vinci Code was really stupid, and I gave talks on it as a youth minister. But don't <laughs> didn't we all? Didn't yeah, we all? <laughs> right? I know. I have my copy of the Da Vinci Hoax. Um, <laughs> but don't we? Can't we get to a point where we can say something like like I do about Richard Dawkins when I'm doing a talk to high school students? I say Richard Dawkins is might be a, one of the most brilliant evolutionary biologists. Richard Dawkins wrote a book called The Greatest Show on Earth about evolution unfolding. But Richard Dawkins is a terrible philosopher, and the God delusion is junk philosophy. It's not science; it's philosophy, and it's junk philosophy. I can say that while also acknowledging that he's a, he might be a brilliant evolutionary biologist. 
at the same time, I feel like people are like, nope, he's evil. Everything's evil. He's pro-abortion. He's anti, you know, Catholic. He's this, he's that. And it's like, okay, okay, I get all that. I'm with you on all that. But, you know, and it's that but that people chafe against. And honestly, I do too in most things. My wife, like when Scarlett Johansson comes on the screen, my wife's like, turn it. I'm like, what? Why? It's Saturday Night Live. It's funny. And she's like, no, she's pro-abortion. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll turn it. But this is a really funny skit. I already watched it like three times earlier, right? So, so you know what I mean? We all get like that about our thing. And so my, my thing on a show was, you know, people say like, oh, Mother Teresa. Oh, now here I go. I'm like defending myself. I'm getting so damn defensive. Can you tell this is I'm so sensitive? Luke. Yeah, no, it's a trigger, man. Everything's a here trigger. I need kittens. I'll be back. <laughs> What like, what do you think it is about an artist? No, I mean again, I I hate to like view us as like artists, but no, you are the, the majority of them are like super sensitive. Like I'm a such a super emotional. I mean, I've had a couple of girls say, "Wow, you are the most most emotional guy <laughs> that I've ever dated ever." Um, what is it about an artist where you think that? And I don't even mean this in terms of like being emotional, but just. If you were to criticize me about like what sports team I like, I'd be like, dude, whatever, who cares? But if you criticize my podcast, I'm depressed for a good hour or two or angry. Like, what do you think that is? Like, what triggers that? Well, I, I mean, I think that for, I can answer just from my own experience because in it, we are not in a, in a podcast like where you guys are for sure. But there's a certain sense in which I've been thrust now into this more public image, at least in this small Catholic world that we uh, chart. And there's definitely this weird thing where we're trying to be vulnerable with each other and like really open and personal. And uh, I think for many people that really chart with us through all of the conversations that we're in and that are attentive the whole time, they kind of take everything that we say within the context of who we are. But then, I don't know, like when you're in public and you write something or say something and just a random person that doesn't know you listens to one piece of what you said, and <laughs> it just can get really uh, demonizing. Um, and it's just, I think it's weird to be cast that way, uh, you know, as a, at least for me, like I'm afraid of not having belonging in my church, you know, that I'm not going to be, um, I'm not going to be accepted if everybody thinks that I'm some sort of armchair artist philosopher that criticizes everybody else and what they're all doing. Um, you know, which is a way that I'm perceived a lot. Uh, and also I think too, when I was in high school, there was this reality in which I was trying with my art to overcome the, um, I guess to overcome the perception of, of other kids thinking that I was just lame, you know, like I, mm-hmm. I, I was going after Warped Tour and putting everything into my art and this sort of revenge fame seeking, uh, thing where I just wanted to be loved. I wanted to be like revered and honored and powerful. And my art was like my course for that. Uh, and everything that I do right now, I have to really, I have to really guard against that that wound, you know, like, uh, I have to examine myself and I mean, even this morning in my prayer time was just like having to go to God and, and ask him to just reaffirm me for being his son, you know, like to turn my art from, Hey, real quick. Are you, are you being raided by a SWAT team? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know, man. There's a helicopter going over my head right now, so I have, like, no idea what you guys are It's a sweet, sweet trailer park you're at. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty epic. Okay, it's gone. Uh, sorry, what did you say? Oh, nothing. I said nothing. I was attentively listening to you and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, I was just being wordy, but no, I guess I was just trying to express my, my own internal struggle with that. Um, I had this. Sorry. Continue. No, 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 no. Keep, keep going. Okay. Well, I had this, this interesting. Uh, I write poetry. That's like one thing that I do. That's not marketing and is real art. And uh, I do it a lot in my prayer time. And I had this one prayer 
uh, session where I was writing about David's relationship with Saul. And I just thought that it was really like interesting that, that Saul in his, in everything that he was doing, every time that he thought someone else was getting fame, uh, like David, especially he, he felt like he was losing it, you know, like, uh, anytime someone else was exalted, he was no longer, there was no longer pride for him to have like a zero sum game of, of fame. And like David's art was literally the opposite where he was, um, he was doing it for others. I mean, even for Saul, he was playing his harp to be able to calm him, uh, and bring him peace, you know? Um, and I just felt like, man, that is, that is the true path of the artist, like is to be that, that the one that hunts the wolves, like in, in the heart to be able to like, uh, use your art to use our, the power of our, uh, creative endeavors to rather than build ourselves up to help other people to have healing. Um, and that only comes from being solidified in our identity under God. And that's a really hard thing to maintain. So criticism definitely knocks us off that for, for me, for sure. I like how you brought up that idea of like the healing that we receive from God, at least kind of like, I, th I think you hinted at this, I could be wrong, but like those things that we are healed from, those wounds can be opened again. And sometimes with art, you make yourself pretty, like pretty vulnerable because yeah. you're like, Hey, here's a piece of me. Like, even if I've changed no my mind, kidding. no kidding. A <laughs> thousand fold. Go on Gomer. No, cause I, I mean, I'm just, hear what about it. no, I'm just saying like every, uh, I have never had more fear of, Okay, so like episodes that I ask my wife to listen to, which she doesn't listen to, um, I'm I'm more afraid of her comments and her criticism than I am like anything else on the face of the earth. Like there yep. is a such an like I have labored to make this awesome, and you just rolled your eyes at it. I have to go to the most smoke-filled bar right now and drink with that away. Like, I'm an immature <laughs> baby, and I have to deal with this. You know, and I wrote a um, – I don't think you would call it a poem. I don't know what I would call it. But I wrote this thing for my friend David, who's a seminarian. He's a, he's a deacon. He's godfather to one of my sons and not Luke. And uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I was praying about the priesthood, just like a general prayerful meditation on the priesthood. And uh, like – one o'clock in the morning, I wrote this piece on it, and I shared that. I set it to music, and I recorded me saying it, and I love it. It's like the most incredible thing ever given to humanity. But then I like share it with one person. They're like, "Oh, that's nice," and I'm like, "What do you mean nice? That's like a <laughs> that's a thing you say when you when when you introduce your girlfriend to the fellas, and they're like, "Yeah, she's nice." Oh, no, I got to break up with her now. <laughs> it's hard, too, because, I mean, like, try to think about all the different albums and all the different, like, movies that we've watched or that we've heard. And we're like, I mean, you know, like. Right, right. I enjoyed it. And, like, that was a person's life for two years, for six months, for whatever. And I'm like, here's this thing I did for, like, you know, an hour and a half. And I thought about it. And my buddy had to edit it for three hours. But, oh, don't hate it. And it's like, wow, when I crap on a film for being terrible. That was like, think about like a film takes like two to five years easily. Yeah. And we will just so we're so like willing to just crap on things and not really understand that this is a part of a person's heart. Just like hang in there for everyone yeah. to see. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully all of your listeners will have a <laughs> more tuned ear to that uh, in the future, especially right now, guys. Um, <laughs> No, so I, I was just thinking of something, a recent experience. So this last weekend, I uh, was invited to go to the Napa Institute with my brother and uh, Catholic Creatives brought out a few people uh, as well. Um, and it ended up being, I don't know if you guys know, you know about the whole thing, but it's just like a, a swanky event where a lot of wealthy people go and then a lot of other people that want wealthy people's attention go. And why weren't we there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. You guys should you should come out. But anyway, there's uh, the first the very first night we 
came in and there was a bunch of different agent marketing agency owners who all showed up, uh, some through Catholic creatives or some who were, um, present for different reasons. And, um, we all ended up just, uh, sitting down in a circle, uh, during one of the cigar nights, uh, the first night, uh, and just starting to hang out and talking. And as we were doing that, I was just getting so insecure, uh, and realizing, you know, oh, this guy over here, he landed like a, you know, a million dollar app deal tonight, literally tonight, he just walked over from signing a million dollar contract. And here I am like, you know, sucking on my cigar without any money in my pockets, you know, or like these other people who are just uh, doing some amazing, amazing, beautiful, awesome work at really high levels. And all of us are like, hanging out and not acknowledging this elephant in the room, which is the fact that like we're all in some ways competitors, yeah. you know, yeah. and uh, it's the Hunger Games, literally. <laughs> it's the Hunger, yeah, the Hunger Games. Uh, I'm coming after you, Pat. Exactly. And then the next morning, so I just honestly, I started to get really like insecure, started shutting down, becoming more and more silent throughout the night. Ended up leaving, and um, the next morning, I saw a couple of them at breakfast, and ended up uh, sitting with them. And one of the guys. Uh, his name is Jason Jensen from an agency called Glass Canvas. Um, out in Canada, was just right? Like, yeah, out of Canada. Awesome. Amazing, amazing people. Uh, he just got really vulnerable with us and, and started to share about uh, how he was starting to, to got, like become envious of other people in the circle and uh, how Absolutely. he was having to wow. like guard himself against that and to remember that he is... Uh, all of us are, you know, one with like the heavenly father, all of us are his sons. And Jason is like so far above me, you know, that just like way beyond where I am. And the experience of like him being the one to lead with that admission opened up this whole table of people to just be like, oh my gosh, we were all feeling the same way, you know? Yeah, it's so um, powerful. Yeah. It is so powerful. Yeah. Uh, but there's just something about that like reality of, of, kind of the orphan spirit that a lot of us have, or at least that I struggle with, of like, I'm not going to belong if they don't like my art, or if I'm not the best, or if I'm not making the most amount of money. Um, just this incessant comparison with other people that kind of leaves us without breath and without motivation. And, uh, yeah. You want to know what that kind of reminds me of a bit? This is kind of like a weird comparison, but I think it's true. Is I remember in high school, we were coming back from a Steubenville conference and there was a girl in the van we were in who were like, I know you guys all like look at porn. We we're like, no, we don't. We've <laughs> never looked at it once. And we even talked to each other like, can you believe she thinks that we look at porn? Oh my gosh, what a fool. And then like fast forward to like one year after like, like, like um, after that fact, we're hanging out with like a whole bunch of dudes and this guy goes, I screwed up and I like I masturbated last last night. And they all started to like joke about it. And like me and my and, and like a good way, like, yeah, that's that sucks, man. It's tough. But you know, hey, better luck next time. And um, like me and my buddy who were like in the van, we both kind of like stared at each other and had a quick sigh of like um uh, relief. It was like, oh my gosh, thank God other people feel that like they screw up as well. Yeah. I think Audrey, Audrey Assad said it best. She was talking about women's addiction to pornography, and she described it as it's like we're all in the same prison, but we're in solitary confinement, and we don't know about the other. And, yeah. and it's like someone is shouting under the crack or whatever of the door, like, I'm in here, too. And you're like, you're in here. So am I. Oh, my God. I'm not alone. Yeah, well, and it's weird because, like, that's what isolation does, I think. And it can be about your own personal, like, sin, or it can just be about the way you feel about something as personal as the art that you create. Like, we all have this isolating fear, which is, like, hell. Because yeah. that's, like, because that hell is ultimately, like, isolation. Cut off from God, cut off from communion. And that's what, like, like art, in a really beautiful way, draws us into communion like when you're at a, it's kind of weird because i so i went saw spider-man i saw it twice the first time i saw it people were pretty much like laughing throughout the entire like movie and the next time i saw it hardly anyone like laughed at at all and it ruins it 
It, oh, completely. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting. Like, I feel like, like I kind of laughed, but I think if maybe two or three more people had laughed, it would have opened up everyone else to say yeah. it's okay to laugh at this. Yeah. But because we didn't, it kind of ruined the experience of the movie. Yeah, I, I can remember, you know, and my thing, I'm not, uh, you know, my thing is just speaking. That's what I do. I talk to people. I talk at people, whatever you want to say. And I'll never forget, like, doing Steubenville conferences, especially for young adults, I am extraordinarily self-conscious. And I was on this encounter, which is the young adult conference that Steubenville does for young adults. It's a one-day thing. It was Encounter Houston. So it's like my home territory. And I desperately wanted to impress everyone. And this one guy, and I've shared the story before, Brian Greenfield just said, we were all praying and, oh, Lord, you know, and everyone's saying all these cool prayers. And I'm like, oh, crap, they're in the spirit, and I'm on the outside looking in. And this guy, Brian Greenfield, just said, Lord, I want to confess and repent of my desire to impress the better speakers in this room and, like, deliver me from that desire to impress them. And everyone's like, like, you see their, we all, like, our shoulders, like, Visibly, we're like, oh, thank God. And then we all were like, yes, Lord, me too. And you could see that. And then we all had conversations about that where we're like, hey, I, I think you're the best speaker I've ever heard. I desperately want to impress you. And to hear someone else be like, listen, I really, you know, it's, it's, it's always mean something when someone you admire tells you they admire you, you know. And to hear that from speakers that I'm, I was just in awe of, uh, it, it does. It has this beautiful compounding effect of of grace like oh okay okay we're all we all feel the same way of incredible insecurity and all this stuff and to me i just want to say this it's repentance like that public confession that breaks the isolation mm -hmm. yeah and, and i've been tweeting the shit about repentance today so anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah man it there's this weird reversal that I feel like I experience whenever I enter into like authentic Catholic community where it's like, I'm entering into the kingdom of God, you know, like this is a different universe. Absolutely. I, I have left the matrix. Uh, hmm. and I, there, there's just this strange, um, almost vertigo that I experience when that, that happens because the, the ground of just normal human interaction kind of comes out from under you and it's replaced with this like universality that is better than the competition, you know, like uh, this leveling out where everyone is truly brother and sister and, and part of a family that's playing different roles, but who are all like for each other, you know, yeah. and uh, that's one thing that we've been really trying to figure out as a community is like how do all of us who who are all artists in some ways who are competing with each other, trying to be to be better and pushing each other to be better, also like support each other as a family and as people of the kingdom. And uh, it's it's something we've had to wrestle through a lot. But I think one of the the insights that just this experience gave me on it was that like, if all of us really believe that like God is a God of abundance. And that we're not all fighting for like the same small piece of pie that everyone else is. That like it's not a zero sum game. Yeah. Then yeah, it allows us to be in community with each other in a way that's like we're able to actually celebrate each other's victories, um, which I think is really hard to do, you know, um, and something that I have to at least discipline myself to do all of the time when other people are posting about the awesome stuff that they're doing or talking about it, or even at Napa when we were around all of those amazing marketers. It's just like, yeah. I have to cultivate in myself a habit to trust God enough to celebrate in, each, in other people's victories and to trust that, like, in some way, because I'm in communion with them and we're both working for the kingdom, like, this is going to bring me closer mm -hmm. as well to God. Um, yeah, it takes faith. Well, and, and with art, too, there is this kind of a level of when it comes to commercial art, you do hit a point where if you quote unquote succeed, you hit the lottery, you know? And, and, and this is like a little bit more of like the highest of the high. So I'm talking your Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, 
um, Tom Cruise type of like actors, directors, painters, and musicians, where for every like one of you that really, I mean, I, I think all those guys are super talented. I'm not trying to take away from anything that they have done, but for every like one of them, there's like 10 to like a hundred others who are just as good. It just wasn't their day. Yeah. You know, and they just never, I think it's actually Bo, Bo like Burnham, who's a comedian that I just love. And he said, you know, telling a person to like, you know, if you want to be an actress saying like, you can be like, just like me, if like you work hard, is kind of like telling a person saying, hey, you can like win the lottery if you buy a whole bunch of tickets. I would say don't. Don't take advice from people like me who've gotten very lucky. You know, we're very biased. Like, Taylor Swift telling you to follow your dreams is like a lottery winner saying, liquidize your assets, buy Powerball tickets. It works. Yeah. You will get, you just, you won't. It's, it's complicated. <laughs> yeah. No, but it is. I, 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 what I do agree with is I give up a lot for luck. I say, I work really hard. I think I have some ability, but I also got really lucky. Mm. And when some people act like that's not part of it, it makes me a little crazy. Yeah, of course. And we're tall white guys. We overcame nothing to be here. <laughs> there was true. nothing standing in our way, and we barely got here. You have no chance. <laughs> <laughs> what a fantastic message. Let's get that out there. And there's going to be, like, little children singing later, and they have the light of God in their eyes, and they should be happy. But once you get a debit card, you know, give up. Okay. <laughs> At some point, when it comes to this, and, and this is like again, more kind of that astronomic, like in the stratosphere type, yeah, type, uh, type like of um, of success, which everyone pictures themselves achieving. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. It's just sometimes it's just like luck. But what's interesting for me, because I've kind of had to like within our own podcast, and me and Gomer haven't really we've um, talked about this kind of a lot but like not in any like extreme is like where does this end like what's the goal and there is a part that's like the goal is to do this full time and to make six figures Cha-ching. you know but <laughs> like if to that to really happen i mean is there like a possibility yeah if you look at the nerdist podcast wtf those guys make a decent amount of money off of what they're doing podcast alone but that would take a hundred to three hundred percent increase in downloads that we will never get. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, because there just aren't enough Catholics who give a shit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so like, well, there are the, the the subgenre, right? Like, you're not just Christian; you're Catholic. You're not just Catholic; you're Catholics who can tolerate millennials going on and on. Not just that, but cussing. You know, yeah. so it's like there goes the EWTN crowd. There goes well, that's the only crowd there is and so it's like maybe we can maybe we can be content building a whole series of things that are beautiful and wonderful and healing and grumpy and whatever else we are like my greatest goal i think would be to start to offer a very strong spill the beans a little bit catching foxes retreat and 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 but really like honestly take the best of all the stuff we go on and on about with ministry-wise and the soul of the apostolate and all that stuff and combine it with being honest being real you know uh, drinking alcohol like the most unique retreat experience a a a four-year veteran of youth ministry who not only wants to quit but is kind of thinking about leaving the catholic faith needs in order to rejuvenate you know oh my gosh that would where be... were you guys? Where were you guys five years ago? <laughs> I wouldn't have started Catholic Creators. I would still be a minister. <laughs> <laughs> you'd, you'd be ordained by now. Oh, dude. <laughs> Thank God you weren't around before. <laughs> You're <Man>. welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's like really funny, too. Is like, so Erin, that is my wife, she brought up to me probably about a year, a year and a half ago. Uh, your second wife. She said, <laughs> yeah, I, you're right. Sorry. I come first. After Gomer. Um, Gomer comes first. You'll always be my true love. <laughs> yeah, you you are my Mia from um, from La La Land. Um, that's a deep cut. No one's gonna get that. Uh, so she brought up this really great point. She's like, "This is gonna be so cool for our kids to hear. Like, just to hear you, you're gonna have hours and hours and hours of stuff that they can hear about things that are gonna be very important to them at one point in time in their own lives." And I was like, "Holy shit, that's amazing." <laughs> You know, so that ability to take like a step back and go, this is not just for like what we're doing, 
with like my kids and maybe their friends. Perhaps they'll be able to say like my dad was on like a podcast. We're like a podcast? What the fuck is that? And they'll go see, kind of like how we do with like a tracks or something. I don't yeah. know. Sorry, that's that's a whole other like side note. But just being able to take a look at that big picture, I think it's good. So I um we're uh, almost at the hour mark here, but one thing I, I wanted to ask you was tell me a bit about all of the movie stuff you guys are doing. I love yeah. this thing. This is so awesome. Agree. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, speaking of that whole, I don't know, doing the art thing and being honest and uh, in doing so, flipping around the paradigm, uh, we are, all of us uh, artists who have been competitors, who have been working in our own silos and doing our own things for the last uh, for the last few years, are now all collaborating on a major massive uh collaboration which is called eight beats and it is a uh gonna be a short anthology uh a basically a bunch of short films eight short films that are all about the beatitudes so we have divided up the whole continent into eight different regions and all of those regions are populated with teams of catholic filmmakers uh marketers and artists who are going to create a short film that's really honest, that's not your grandma's Catholic film about one of the Beatitudes. And uh, we're going to be going after the highest level uh, caliber production and shooting to release these on all of the major um, film festival circuits around the U.S. and abroad as well. So the goal is to just uh, go big and make some history and see if we can uh, stir the pot a little bit. Uh, So... Yeah, anybody that wants to check it out can go and Google 8 Beats, number 8 Beats, and you'll see a lot of familiar faces, I think. Uh, all the major like Catholic filmmakers and uh, people that you've seen doing art are uh, present and represented in the project. So it's a pretty huge thing. That's awesome. awesome. I'm, I'm very, very excited to see what... Uh, what comes about with that and if there's anything that like we can do to help uh, promote that or just maybe down the road to have people on the podcast again to kind of you know uh talk more about that we would i mean I, I would love to do it i can't speak for gomer but actually i will we would do it in a heartbeat <laughs> hey man that's really cool yeah i i think that at some point you guys would actually really like to well when you watch them i think it would be really cool to have you guys tease out some of the themes of them and actually use them in your uh some i don't know maybe this is uh, well let me let me tell you there's nothing in the world and by the world i mean the bible more important yeah. to me than song of songs chapter two and matthew chapter five verses three through twelve the beatitudes are my everything i have spent years of my life studying and just immersing myself in them so this is awesome i will do whatever you want yeah plus we love movies like a lot, so totally. Seriously, though, I, I feel like one of the things that are, is going to be interesting is that these are not made for the Catholic audience. They're made for the secular world and for the film watching world out there abroad. And so, what do you think you are, Pope Francis? Yeah, I know. You get back <laughs> in the huddle. <laughs> so there's there's this fear right like well, all of us are like we're raising money for these in the catholic world to do this but there's f-words in them and i mean mine the one that we're working on in texas is about it's blessed are the pure of heart and it's about a burlesque dancer you know like it's definitely not uh family friendly you know 94.9 klty safe <laughs> for every everyone fun for the whole stuff, family so. <laughs> yeah uh but I do think it would be up your alley in terms of being able to find the, the theological truth in it and tease it out. Tease it out. I'd, it'd be cool to, for us to put that in, you know, and then to hear someone else uh, actually uncover the, the depths of them afterwards. That sounds awesome. Mm, I'm down, man. Yeah. I'm down. 1,000% yes. Could we do like a watching party? A catching yeah. boxes slash Catholic creatives meetup watching party? I'm yes. absolutely about that. Yeah. 
if you guys want to pre-screen it and then give talks, I mean, that would be super cool. <laughs> oh, uh, yes. Did you just tell me to give a talk? The answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because I've always thought it'd be really cool to have like a. Uh, sorry, we're like way off script right now, but I've always lo- so I like am so I'm a okay back up, Luke. I'm a huge fan of the Nerdist podcast and WTF. Those are like my Mount Rushmore of podcasts in terms of like pop culture and stuff. And I I've always thought it'd be so cool to have like a Comic-Con-esque panel with like Catholic people, but not about people trying to like be like, here's the crap that I'm, I mean, like, like definitely promote your stuff, but not your brand. Right. And to really try to unpack what you're doing or what's going on. Right. So, I mean, a thing like that in terms of like being able to like watch a movie and then have a panel of people where you're like discussing that with maybe the director or, Whoever in it, yes, a thousand times over, yes. Yeah, man, I think that would be really cool. Nice. And I can't think of anyone else better to do that than <laughs> catching boxes. That's what we like to hear. Because, like, we will honestly go, what the fuck was that? And, <laughs> like, the best way possible. What like, the fuck was that? Yeah, yeah, I say that as, like, a Coen Brothers fan who, like, comes out of, you know, Hail, uh, Hail Caesar going, what the fuck was that? I think it was about the New Testament. That's kind of weird for the Coen brothers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. God is here. So why don't you um, give us information where people can find about uh, more stuff about 8-Beats and, and what's going on with it? Yeah, so I don't know when this is actually going to air, so I'll speak uh, in present and then you can correct me. But uh, this week we are we just posted the, the teaser for the Kickstarter. Next week, we're going to be posting the Kickstarter page with a mini doc about featuring all of the different uh, leaders in the project, why they're involved in talking about it. And then we're going to be raising the funds to go into production um, after that. So you can find out more at www.8beatsmovie.com. So that's the number eight and then beatsmovie.com. Uh, and also on Facebook, uh, Hashtag Eight Beats Movie. Cool. And yeah. Instagram awesome. and Twitter. So. <laughs> it's on all the social medias. Sweet. Except for Snapchat, we we weren't quite ballsy enough to go there yet. So. No, you don't. Snapchat. It's yeah. Maybe, Listen, we I need... find, maybe we can find like a high school intern to help us with that one. No, here's the thing. Snap. I mean, listen, we're on Snapchat, but we don't really do a lot with it. And it's just like the whole time I'm like. This is just an excuse for people to be horrible to to each other. Like this is like, I could see this. I don't know. I'm not saying that if I was in high school or college and I had Snap Snapchat, it's like a breeding ground of like mortal sin. So it's one of those things where I'm like, we should all probably delete it. Sorry. Anyways, that's my, that's that's my rant. Well, <laughs> we're all whores, is what I'm saying. Indeed. Yeah. We're whoremongers, as they would say in Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool, it's yeah. been awesome. If, if there's any other artists that are really interested in, in jumping on board and participating, or people that just want to find out more directly, I'd be happy to talk to you. So shoot me an email. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, or uh, my email is anthony at sherwoodfellows.com. So hopefully that's not the Pandora's box. I'm not used to being this famous yet, so... Uh, I shouldn't give these things out so readily, but here we are. <laughs> here we are. The, bill, the beans have been spilled. Eight beats, Sweet. man. I'm so excited. I'm excited about all this stuff. Cool. I am too. I think this is great. Yeah. And our goal is to get you guys so many more listeners, all right? So Hell yes. Go on. Together. Yes. Listen, because all I'm saying, it's, it's, it's not a zero-sum game. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> If everyone who listened could could give just two dollars every month, we could do this full time. And the nuns gone. Everyone believes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's not gonna happen at all. Red promises, man. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. Well, guys, thank you so much for having me on. This oh, is absolutely. This has been awesome, man. Thank you. It's 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 always really great to be able to like, because like we chatted for a bit over at the convocation but i just really enjoy being able to like chat with the person on the podcast it, it just it always feels like you're able to have a just a little bit more of a profound connection so thank you for taking the time because like, you're like hanging out with your friends and stuff right now so we really do appreciate it yeah i appreciate you guys letting me on i was like super nervous 
stuttered a lot, so hopefully you can add it. Some welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> why would you be? Ner- I, I still am shocked when people say things like that. I'm like, why would you be nervous? We don't even know what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing, man. We still get stage fright, no matter how big it is. I'm always uh, got to take a piss beforehand and like. You know, <laughs> Just uh, do some jumping jacks or whatever. But either way, uh, I love what you guys are doing. And I just want to say, you know, like no matter what the heat is that comes your way, keep doing it and keep being authentic because there's so many of us out there that like that it's the air we breathe. You know, it's what gets us uh, feeling like we have a place and feeling like we have belonging in the mm-hmm. church. I, I know the first time I heard your podcast, it was so revolutionary to me in that regard. So um, just I think. I want to thank you for what you're doing and, and encourage you to keep going no matter the, uh, I don't know, the criticism that comes your way. Because I get well, it. Thanks, man. You know, the, I, I do want to say the best thing about this podcast is the amount of priests and and church workers Seriously. who write to us and they're like, thank you. Thank you for yeah. cussing. Thank you for speaking honestly. Thank you for talking about this. Like, literally, I didn't. It's, 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 this is the thing. Is these are conversations that me and Luke have. And we're just letting everyone else in on it. Turns out we're not alone, you know, that whole deal. But so many people, I, I'm, I've been talking with this, a priest in the UK. Shout out, Father. And, I mean, it's awesome. We've had awesome conversations. And he's he's a Catching Foxes listener. And I'm like, oh, you speak of the British accent, you're probably very intelligent. So it's, <laughs> it is great. Or it's, evil. <laughs> or the worst bad guy ever. Um, so, anywho, thank you so much for coming on. Luke, where can people find you? At the Luke V. And you can find me at Lay Evangelist, although I might have to leave because my sensitive soul can't handle the criticism. Uh, <laughs> looking at you, Marcel Lejeune. Looking at you. Anywho. Um, no, I'm just kidding. And uh, you can find the show notes at catchingfoxes.fm, episode 101. This will be out on Friday. Very excited to have this. Um, and then I think I think that's it. Luke, is that it? Patreon.com slash CF? Yep. And then what we'll do is... Um, Whenever the Kickstarter goes live, I'll post that on our Catching Foxes Facebook page. Yes. For that weeks. is very kind of you. Yeah, I know. We give and take away. Blessed be our name. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, y'all. It was good talking with you. Yeah, right. this was fun. God bless, guys. All right. Bye. Thanks, man. Bye. Bye. That was awesome.